seven strangers, does that not make you a serial killer? I didn't kill them every day, did I? Did I go out there every day and say, hmm, I'm going to kill them? If I did, there well, would be hundreds. Well, no, it took you 12 months. Then he rings up Rex again, and that's when I looked at him and I started stopping If I had shot my own children, would I not have done a good job of it? Because, you know, first of all, women generally don't commit crimes this heinous. Right. Uh, you know, this is usually the domain of men. That's unfortunate. Hey, Gabe. Hey, Danny. How are you doing? Pretty good. Looking for a... Wait, no, I should mention that. Uh, yeah, pretty good, Danny. <laughs> How are things with you? I'm good. Been busy. So we are recording this later than usual, so hopefully everything goes okay. <laughs> It'll go wonderfully, as it always does. <laughs> yeah, let's be positive. But I have one I'm... A story I'm really excited about. Yeah, like, I got your text last night saying it's, it's crazier than usual, which okay, I don't know. But I say that every time. I know, which is why, but, but you said, you know, you say that every time and it's still crazier than usual. It is so. bonkers. I actually had to consult Kobe with this one and I was like, do you think I should tell it? And he was like, yeah, it's fine. And you'll, you'll see why, um, but it's a great story. Okay. I would have been a little more intrigued if Kobe was like, oh, I don't know. That, that's pretty, that's pretty bad. I mean, yeah, it took him a second of thinking, but it was, you'll see, you'll see. All right. Okay. Are you ready for a wild ride? Let's do it. Okay, here we go. So Laurencia Bem Bembenek, <laughs> great start. She later changed her name to Lori. So we're going to call her Lori. That's her preferred name. She was born on August 15th, 1958. And her childhood was normal, super normal, barely worth mentioning. Her teachers all said she was a good student, kind of aloof, but, you know, like uh, introverted, pretty natural. So her childhood was normal. Nothing really worth mentioning besides she was an introverted student. And her father was a policeman when she was younger, but he eventually quit after seeing the corruption and he turned to carpentry instead. Lori's like, you know, I'm going to follow in my father's footsteps and become a policeman. So in March of 1980, she joins the Milwaukee Police Department as a trainee. And while she was a trainee, she wasn't completely just gold star. She went to a party once and someone anonymously reported her for smoking marijuana. It was not like nothing ever happened of it. Lori suspects that this report is from the wife of a fellow policeman who had previously confronted Lori about hitting on her husband. So. Lori was super attractive. I say that every time too, <laughs> but she was, she was very pretty and that comes into play a lot during this. So while she was a trainee, Lori has come out and said female police officers are held to higher and unfair standard than other groups, which I thought was an interesting take. So then in May of 1980, 
she has been a trainee for about three months now. Lori goes to a concert with a fellow friend and trainee named Jody Zess. Jody gets arrested for smoking marijuana and Lori ends up getting fired as well. Around the same time that she gets fired, she meets this guy and his name is Alfred O. Schultz. He goes by Fred Schultz and he is a long-term policeman. He's been a policeman for 13 years and he had just divorced his wife when he met her. His wife's name is Christine Schultz and he has two young boys with Christine. He got divorced in November of 1980 and married Christine in January of 1981. That is three months. <laughs> hey, when you know, you know. Well, do you? Uh, so we'll see. So after being fired, Christine ends up getting a job at a Playboy club as a waitress. I'm telling you, she was attractive. She And then she ends up becoming a security guard for a university. In November of 1981, so like less than a year of, uh, what's her name? Lori and Fred being married, because they got married in January. They end up having to be remarried because according to like Milwaukee court there's a law that you have to at least be divorced from somebody for six months before you can be remarried so they had been married at three months after Fred's divorce and their marriage was pretty much cited as invalid so they had to get remarried and on May 28th 1981 so this is around 2 a.m. okay are you ready this is where it gets crazy someone breaks into Christine Schultz's house Fred Schultz ex-wife gags her ties up her hands in front of her and then goes into her son's room, they share a room, wakes up the older brothers by putting a wire around his throat. And the younger one wakes up when he hears the older brother kind of gasp, like what's happening? And the younger one goes to chase the intruder out and the intruder runs into Christine's room where he pulls out a 38 caliper gun and shoots her point blank through her heart. The boys are obviously super stunned and he runs and pushes past them to get out the door. Sean, who's the older brother, immediately calls Christine's current boyfriend, who is a cop, and the boyfriend calls backup. The boys recall the intruder being a tall man wearing a green tracksuit and a red wig. Christine's body is examined and a single brown hair is found on the calf. 
All of the doors in the house were locked. Christine was very careful. She had been married to a policeman before. She's dating a policeman. And there are no signs of a break-in. So immediately you're going to be like, oh, it's always either the ex-husband or the boyfriend, right? Yeah. Yeah, me too. But both of them have alibis. So Fred, who... Also, by the way, fun fact here, has a past shooting on his record. He accidentally killed someone after misidentifying them. So he shot the wrong person thinking they were a bad guy. And they did not make it. But he was exonerated for this. What grounds? It was an accident. He feared for his life. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he did. He the the guy that he shot either had a gun or he thought he had a gun. Either way, it was enough. It's the same thing in police world, right? Yeah. We're not supposed <laughs> to do that. Okay. But Fred, well, like I said, he had an alibi. Alibi. He had been on duty that night and says he and his partner were investigating a break-in at the time of the murder. So after getting Fred's alibi and the boyfriend's alibi, I don't remember what the boyfriend's is. He's not important. The police kind of immediately go towards Lori, who is Fred's new wife. She reports that she had just been home alone packing for a move and watching TV. In other words, no alibi. Judy's asked, do you remember Judy? She was the one who was fired for smoking marijuana. Right, Lori's friend. Mm-hmm. She comes forward and gives a statement about how Lori had been talking and quote-unquote joking, but not really joking, about hiring or hiring someone or killing Christine herself because she because Christine got the house in the divorce and was also taking so much of Fred's money for alimony and child support so does that make sense Lori had made joke not made jokes she had mentioned wanting to kill christine because of money <laughs> yeah this has happened on a couple of occasions and i don't know who these people are where they can they think if you had a haha at the end like i clearly didn't mean that <laughs> clearly uh so then several people came out and they reported that Lori owned a green tracksuit, which is what the intruder was wearing. But the police can't find one when they search her apartment. Dun, dun, dun. She was a cop. That's true. And Lori was also on the taller side. I think she's around 5'10", which is pretty tall for a woman. So it's possible she could be misidentified as a man. Yeah, that is about the average height of a man in the U.S. Yeah, and this took place in the U.S. <laughs> Fred had a set of keys to Christine's house in his apartment where Lori had been the night. So it's possible that Christine had access to the house and would not have had to break in. Fred also had an off-duty service revolver at the apartment in a closet that Lori knew about. 
that was 38 calibers. So matching murder weapon. Yeah, so she's checking the, the boxes of means, motive, and opportunity. She is. And the markings on the bullet come back as matching those on the gun barrel. Coincidence. <laughs> okay, I got more for you. A wig is found in the plumbing line of Lori's apartment that matches the one the intruder was wearing. Wait, did she try to flush it? Yeah. Like it, she, it was in, yeah. She couldn't like burn it. It's synthetic <laughs> hair. It would go up so quickly. Always burn your evidence. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Like who would try to flush a wig? Like, I don't know. So. Later also comes out that the hair found on Christine's calf matches a hair found on Lori's hairbrush. Okay. I, in that case, I will give Lori the benefit of the doubt because women's hair gets everywhere. <laughs> I, I Like two years after a relationship, I'm still finding hair like in places. Yeah. It's so, so true. So it's entirely possible that that hair has an innocent origin there. That's a solid point. You should be a defense attorney. I should. The glove doesn't fit. You must acquit. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, on June 24th, 1981, Lori is arrested for the murder of Christine. And that is the end of this story. I highly doubt that. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. Just kidding. <laughs> so the trial overall lasted about three weeks. All the evidence I just talked about was during the trial she ends up being sentenced to life in prison and during this whole time fred had been fairly supportive and stuck with her but like really really soon i'm not sure on an exact timeline but it's like within a month of her going to prison fred <laughs> he's such an asshole he leaves with a 19-year-old girl and moves to Florida with her. Um, okay. I, I know I know the obvious question is about the 19-year-old, 19, 19 but why Florida? I don't know. I think she was from Florida, actually. Oh, that's terrible. Yeah, yeah. And I think good can come from that. I think he's in his early to mid-30s. Yeah, at this point, yeah. Who is he, Henry Cavill? You can't do that. <laughs> okay, so Lori is an attractive young woman, and this case goes viral. She is, I mean, she killed her husband's ex-wife, and it's a bunch of policemen, and she was a policeman, and she's gorgeous, and she has these big blue eyes, blonde hair. They nickname her Bambi. <laughs> It's like a whole thing. So, Bambi was a deer. Yeah, she has doe-like eyes. Oh, okay. That's uh, just, I don't know. Seems a bit seems a bit strange to name a woman after an animal, but... I'm honestly, I'm not sure if it's because of her doe-like eyes. That was what I'm guessing, because nobody <laughs> explains her nickname. <laughs> Everybody's like, you should just get it. Um, okay. Oh, if she'd killed her own mother and they called her Bambi, it wouldn't like perfectly line up, but that would have been kind of cool. So anyways, while Lori is in prison, 
she files three appeals based on police errors and a witness recanted her testimony. Judy Zess, this girl, comes forward and she's like, I made that testimony under duress. I felt obligated that I had, like, I felt like they were coercing me to do it, that kind of thing. And she completely recants her testimony. It also comes out that Lori is in the middle of some, like, pretty gnarly stuff with the Milwaukee Police Department that fired her. So after being fired, someone sent her pictures of a bunch of policemen together partying naked while doing drugs. Yes. What? <laughs> yeah. And so she's like, what? So she submits that picture to Internal Affairs and was like, I was fired for being with somebody who smoked marijuana. Here's a picture of a group of men from the department out here doing drugs. Like, what are you going to do about it? And they do nothing. Like, I, you know. So she's obviously, she was pushing that at the time that she was arrested. Weird coincidence. I don't know. Maybe. We'll find out. Kind of. She begins to realize the department has been hiring minorities and then firing them before the probation period was up so the department would get tax credits and like grant money and all this like benefits of hiring minorities but firing them before they had to give the minorities any benefits wow that is so messed up it's wild okay does anything ever come of it We'll find out. Probably not. So Lori also finds out that Judy Zess had asked to use Lori's neighbor's bathroom the day before the murder. So <laughs> that's confusing. Judy Zess used Lori's neighbor's bathroom the day before the murder. And the neighbor's like, oh, it was so weird. She came, she used the bathroom, and then I had plumbing problems after. Turns out the two apartments have a Y-shaped sewer line where they have two separate sewer lines that connect and share one where the wig was found. What? Yeah, that's right. Maybe Lori's not guilty. Plot twist. Mm-hmm. And then Christine's son... Well, they come forward and they're like, it wasn't Lori. We saw that man. Like, the bodies don't match. Like, the face, he was wearing a mask, but the face, like, what we saw, the eyes, they don't match. And, and, okay, it gets more wild. So, the hair analyst comes forward and she's like, the hair found on the bodies was the victim's. It was Christine's hair. And I said that. And the hair that I put in a sealed envelope was the victim's hair. But when a second hair analyst had opened it, they had matched it to Lori's hair. Almost like maybe the hairs got swapped or something. So, uh-oh. 
Danny, are you suggesting this would be the rare occurrence of police corruption? <laughs> I don't know. I'm going to leave that up to people to decide. <laughs> Who am I to say? <laughs> okay, it gets wilder. So she tries appealing three times. They're all denied, and she just, like, can't catch a break. So she obviously does what she can while in prison and ends up getting her bachelor's and she starts a prison newspaper and she also meets a man she meets a man named dominique gugliato that's not a name <laughs> it's my oh. pronunciation <laughs> also how does she meet a man so he was like the brother of another inmate and she just met him through that you can find love anywhere, Gabe. You just have to believe. Okay, but I don't... So he would come on visitation, and then this friend in prison was like, hey, you should meet Lori. She's my yeah. prison friend. Yeah, and then and Lori and Dominique get engaged, and it's a beautiful love story. I mean, okay. <laughs> so Lori eventually gets out of prison. Out. How, Gabe? How does she get out? I'm glad you asked. <laughs> does she break out? So, on July 15th, 1990, Lori manages to rig a laundry room window and later that night escapes out of it, climbs a chain link fence with razor wire on top to get to Dominique's car. What? Yeah. They flee to Canada. And it's happily ever after. I don't think I think Canada has an extradition treaty with the U.S. The point is they're hi like hiding. It just seems like you want to hide somewhere where you can't be sent back. You know what? That's a good idea. That would have been that would have been really smart. What about Mexico? Could they hide in Mexico? No, I don't think you could. Okay, but they flee to Canada, and they both get jobs and they start a new life. She goes. They both like go by fake names. But meanwhile, the U.S. is flipping out. T-shirts are being made that say, run Bambi run, songs are being sung, parties are being held, and Lori makes it onto America's Most Wanted. Really? We had nothing, no one more? I mean, I, you know, I guess it's one of many who are most wanted, but that's, that seems like a low, a low bar. <laughs> considering she seems to be innocent based on all this recanted testimony. Well, there's still the gun evidence and other evidence I can't think of. But, okay, wait, okay. So, she makes it to America's Most Wanted, and while working as a waitress, she is spotted by some American tourists, and they watch America's Most Wanted. So, they report her. <laughs> And what a bunch of snitches. I know. She and Dominique, Domin Dominic, Dominique, I don't know, are apprehended. Probably, probably Dominic, now that, now that I think about it. Cool. I've just been saying it wrong the whole time. Because <laughs> Dominique is like, is, is the a girl. feminine version. All right. So Domin Dominic um, is sentenced to one year in prison for helping Lori abetting her or whatever it's called yeah and aiding and abetting mm -hmm. 
Lori, however, is like, Canada, you have to look into my case because it's not cool and I can't get anybody to listen to me. And Canada is like, okay, we'll make sure you get a judicial review before sending you back. So the review uncovers what they call police blunders, not corruption, police blunders. I like it. Makes it sound yeah. like it was an accident. Mm-hmm. And she is granted a retrial, but instead of risking a retrial and being put back in prison, she pleads no contest to second degree murder. And due to her already having served 10 years, she ends up being released that same day. However, she ends up with some understandable problems, like she admits to becoming an alcoholic and she ends up contracting hepatitis C and the media is still just bonkers about her. She can't go anywhere. She says that she can't even get a job because the media just is crazy and nobody wants to hire her due to her past. And in 1996, she, so in 1992 is when she was released. And then she tries for four years to have a normal life and she can't. And in 1996, she moves to Washington to be near her parents. Where she meets Marty Carson, who she ends up marrying. Wait, what about Dominic? He broke, helped break her out of prison. I know, right? I have no idea. No idea what happened to him, but they didn't last. (laughs) Wow. <laughs> oh, I mean, I'm sure they just grew apart. Prison changes you. <laughs> I don't know. He, he met her when she was in prison. Yeah. But he hadn't experienced prison. <laughs> I don't know. I can't justify it. <laughs> but Marty's a good guy. And after being diagnosed, after Lori's diagnosed with PTSD, Marty encourages her to like look into hobbies that could help and she begins painting as a form of therapy. She ends up with around 30 paintings that she had worked really hard on and taken the time and they eventually are accepted into an art gallery. The art gallery burns down (laughs) with her paintings in it and she loses all of them. Okay, she she has some pretty bad luck. Yes, this but, poor girl. Okay, does she end up killing someone? Because I'm so confused as to how she is the subject of, of murder, but seems to <laughs> not have killed anyone. I'm not done yet. <laughs> okay. So in 2002, Dr. Phil offers to do some crazy expensive DNA testing, but the compromise was she would hear the results on the show while being filmed. So the show houses her in a really secure apartment with security because of the whole media issue. And she like, for she has some kind of trigger. It might be the security she sees. It might, I don't know what it is, but she ends up jumping out of the window. She has this crazy anxiety attack and just jumps out the window and severely injures her foot to the point where it ends up needing to be amputated. What? 
Her life is a tragedy. Yeah, it is. It's awful. So then on November 20th, 2010, Lori passes away at the age of 52 due to health issues. So now you're like, why the hell did you tell the story of Lori? Pambi Ben Benick. <laughs> Let me tell you, Gabe. It's because I did hours of research on this story. <laughs> <laughs> and we don't know if she did it or not because the gun did match the one that was at the apartment with her at okay, the like, time of the murder. That is compelling, but it seems just as likely that her boyfriend took, wanted to be with a 19-year-old, took the gun from Lori's house, went and killed his ex-wife because one, he didn't, he shot her in the, or, you know, he, he the intruder, not necessarily the ex-husband, but he shot her in the heart, which implies he wanted her to have an open casket, which would suggest some kind of, you know, relationship there, I would think, because otherwise just shoot her in the head, shoot, shooting her in the heart. I mean, you could miss. Oh my gosh, wait, I totally forgot to tell you something. So his alibi about being working that night, he was out drinking at a bar. So, like, he still has an alibi, but he was drinking on the job. Oh, classy. Yeah. Uh, uh, wait, so was his alibi, and I know this is impossible to prove because, you know, the cops tend to look out for each other, but he, was his alibi airtight? Was there, yeah. like, video proof of him at the bar all night? I don't know if there is video proof, but there is, like, a ton of witnesses at the bar. And, and this all coincided with the time his... his yep. Because even then, I mean, it would it be okay. that hard? Do you want to do you want to hear what um is like mostly speculated? What happened? Yeah. So there's this guy named Frederick Hornberger, who has an mo of wearing a wig. He robbed Judy Zess once while wearing a wig, and since he had like a past history, Fred Schultz knew him because like he deals with criminals and he Frederick Hornberger admitted to eight people while in prison that he was hired by Fred to kill Christine but none of these people came forward until after Fred Hornberger had died so this guy totally hired a career criminal to kill his ex-wife that's what it looks like. Yeah. Oh, okay. But also like I was, that's why I was talking to Kobe about whether or not to do this case. Cause she didn't really, it doesn't look like she killed anybody, but she escaped from prison. So that's still a crime. <laughs> Good enough. Okay. <laughs> it shouldn't even be a crime. If you're innocent, it should, it should just, it's a crime. You have to just what a tragic life she spent. I mean, one, her dad quit the force because of the corruption. So I don't understand why, how she could grow up around that and think that's a great career choice. I wonder if maybe he either tried to shield her from it or thought times had changed. I mean, I don't yeah, know. parents do, do try to shield their kids often. Just, wow, what? She, I mean, she got her bachelor's in, in prison. She started a newspaper she was a pain i mean but her whole life was so tragic i almost wonder if her ex wasn't following her around like burning down the art gallery and 
just know, ruining they, her life. There's a news article and it literally called it a freak accident. So yeah, it's it's a downer. It's a downer of the story. But I did so much research. <laughs> and it's a good one. And then there's also Judy Zez, who is a real, real uh something. Yeah. <laughs> it's just it's sadder than our usual episode because it's she seems to be innocent and so much went i mean but you just can't there have been so many cases of well i don't know how much we want to get into this you know we'll keep actually the talk the talk of the police to a minimum here (laughs) well i feel bad because this was a downer of a case but yeah she ended up getting out and it just took a prison break yeah and she died at 50 Uh, i think 52 that's incredibly young she had health issues especially with the drinking yeah what a sad story all around and uh you said her husband passed away as well her ex-husband which one the first one the one who may or may not have killed his ex-wife. No, we don't know what happened to him. Oh. Yeah. What? So he Yeah. He's... If you google his name like nothing pops up for like what happened to him. Like if you google obituary other Fred Schultz pop up, but I couldn't find his. I have no idea. He was definitely never arrested because it would have showed up within the research of the story. Yeah, that's insane. Yeah, so he could be in Florida with his new 18-year-old wife. Who knows? Wow, that is a (laughs) bummer of a story, Danny. (laughs) I know, no justice. It's super messed up. And this happened back in the 1980s and it's still happening. And nothing was ever done that I could find about the whole like, misconduct done by the police the freaking hiring minorities and letting them go like so not much has changed yeah what was the police department again milwaukee police department that was easy oh well the good news is in the last 10 years they've spent 40 million dollars in police brutality cases I'm sorry, what? How's yeah. that? Wait, what? Oh, like going against police brutality. Yeah, like a cop will allegedly um, go too far and abuse their power, and they have to spend this on like legal fees or payouts. Not even oh, payouts. So that is bad news because it means it's happening a lot. I know. I was being sarcastic. Oh. <laughs> How did I not pick up on that? I was trying to figure out what you meant and now it all makes sense. Yeah. Okay, so if you just Google Milwaukee police misconduct, it's just two Milwaukee police officers resigned rather than be fired after being caught on video punching a robbery suspect. (laughs) Then there's Uh, a video. Oh my gosh. Okay. Okay. Well. (laughs) I just saw a photo of her. She could have been like, a lead she looks like a copy would see in a tv show but she's attractive right 
Yeah, but it's, she also has that like very yeah. stoic looking face while, while being attractive where you, I could see her like leading a, a procedural cop show. <laughs> She's like, damn it, Jim, I want justice. You know? <laughs> or really I could see her, she kind of reminds me a bit about a bit of a, was it Jodie Foster who, who played Clarice in Silence, Silence of the Lambs? Clarice, oh my God, no, it was, Google it, Gabe. <laughs> what the heck is her name yeah it, it was jodie foster look danny you said oh, you got a wild, a wild so goose chase bad. i'm so sorry <laughs> i'm the worst with with that kind of thing yeah all right but yeah cool. actually no google jodie foster right now and then yeah actually that's pretty damn similar especially the photo of of, of Lori with the the short hair mm-hmm. with the short like blonde hair yeah well it's like brunette but yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Huh. It totally does look like her. Wow. Oh, well. I guess we should wrap up this episode somehow. Yes. <laughs> so that's the story of Lori Bembenek. Thank you all for listening. Follow us on the Instagram and our website, and you can DM us. And thank you. <laughs>